What's up, guys? Here with your FC Wonder Kid, episode 139. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? I'm doing great. I, I'm still processing the fact that we're in 2024, but um, it is happy Kevin De Bruyne is back week and happy Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester, whoever, United, whatever, shaking in their boots week is back uh, because Kevin De Bruyne is back uh, and that is huge for all of us, frankly. Um, and I think Belgium just became a favorite for the Euros. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was tongue-in-cheek. Uh, but Alex, I got to ask, how are you doing uh, in January 2024? Have you processed the fact that we're, we're here? We're in a new year? Yep. We're, we're in a new year. Fantastic. It's so true. And the expectations are the Euros are coming. Copa America is coming. Mm. The Champions League, the last time we're going to see the Champions League like this, it's mm. coming in the final in London. So I am really excited. But Breton, I remember there was a promise in the last podcast for you mm. to give your predictions for 2024. Oh. So people, put down below too, what are your predictions in the comments section and anything you want to see in future podcasts, us to discuss. But Breton, let us know. Yeah. What are your predictions? <laughs> well, well, you know, I don't want to take up way, way, too much time on this but i think i might start argument arguments here and i think there might be some uh some some love uh quote unquote love in the comments section after this but let's start with one that we talked about last week um i still and want to reiterate and, and you were in agreement with me that uh unless there are kind of coming of ages right in terms of uh let's see vitor rook in terms of endrick at real madrid uh brazil Prediction for 2024, Brazil will continue to struggle in 2024. Uh, they will not win Copa America. They will qualify for 2026, even though that won't happen in 2024. Um, but until they get their personnel right, until they uh, get the proper coach in, and yes, don't believe I know in Dorival. I, I don't necessarily believe that he's the long-term answer. If you look at Dorival's history, he has not been at any club, any club for longer than three years. I understand this is a nation, so maybe this is hopefully for him the, the end of all managerial spots, right, where he decides to put his anchor down and, and hang on because he becomes a legendary fixture mm -hmm. in uh, Brazilian football. But right now, right now, Dorival, uh, to me somebody that doesn't know the Brazilian Federation too much, which is going to set me up for a little bit of pain. The only thing I remember about Dorival is the fact that in 2010, he lost his job because he stood up to Neymar, if I remember correctly, <laughs> right? He benched Neymar, I guess, for unprofessional attitude or whatever he thought he was benching him for, and he paid with his job. Now, since then, I think he has managed... <clears throat> every club in the Brazilian Real, almost every club in the Brazilian Real. Most recently, he was at Sao, Sao Paulo. Paulo. Most recently, he won a cup. And I know he has the respect. But I also don't necessarily think he is the guy mm -hmm. that is going to lead a Brazilian team to a Copa America win in the States. Uh, and beyond that, um, they're going to have to figure it out by 2026, which is the next time I see Brazil having a real, real, real chance to be on top of the world. Okay, with, so with, Brazil with Hendrik, will continue. Vitor mm -hmm. Roque, Vinicius Junior, yep. Rodrigo, yep. all much better mm -hmm. players. 
all much better Absolutely. players. But going with what you said on Dorival, Dorival Jr. is by no means close to the level of Ancelotti. Mr. Carlo Ancelotti, that all Brazilian fans were hoping, were praying, were doing anything in their hopes to get him as the yep. manager. Carlo Ancelotti would have been the best possible manager for the Brazil national team. Dorival is not close. And I would have picked... Jose Mourinho ahead of Dorival mm -hmm. and Renato Gaúcho that is doing a phenomenal job at Grêmio. Look how look how happy Luis Suarez was at Grêmio with Dorival Jr. It's so yeah. like he was a charismatic fella that everybody knows. Renato Gaúcho <laughs> loves to go to the beach in Rio de Janeiro. Copa da Cabana. He's known to be there, Renato Gaúcho, a charismatic coach that would be better than Dorival Jr. to coach this Brazilian national team and to do have this young core with him, okay, that needs to do yep, yep. very good in Copa America. So and with with Dorival, I mean, with Dorival, do you think that Neymar? Um, oh yeah, he's selected. They, they'll, they'll, I mean, it's thirteen years. Neymar it's 13 years. is it's, selected it's always ago. with Dorival, yeah. with Renat Gaúcho, even with Jose Mourinho. He would ha he would ha need to have some talks with Jose Mourinho that would want to understand yeah. why isn't Neymar the best Neymar at the Brazil national team. Somewhere where he can be loved. So somewhere where he can show his best football. But it doesn't seem to be the case. But what are yeah. your other predictions, well, Bretton? <laughs> you know, I started with a layup here. Uh, now I'm going to um, hit you pretty hard. Uh, mm. I feel that in 2024, we will see Xavi sacked as Barcelona coach. Oh! I... I... There's a frustration that seems to be Michel brewing in the of It's not. Well, yes, that he's he's definitely there. You've got if you're going internally, you've got Rafa Marquez. Um, it's who knows? I mean, maybe even uh, the Valencia coach who's who's making a, a little bit of waves these days, doing something with very little. Um, but it's not something I want to see. And let me reiterate, I I actually believe Xavi long term, long term, um, has what it takes to thread the needle that is a insanely legendary status and legendary history of Barcelona with a internal clock, right? With an internal run running of the ship that is just still being worked out, right? And being able to thread that needle um, to to perform on the field, but at the same time uh, be able to placate all the all the masses, right? I think can only be done with maybe a guy like Xavi long term. Mm. The issue is, is I do believe that some people from a tactical uh, standpoint, uh, from personnel standpoint, they don't believe Xavi is the guy long term. Love they feel Dusky. like Xavi might be. Might be well, yeah. Lewandowski. I mean, you're you're talking about quite a few within there that they've got to get rid of. I mean, Rafi. We've been talking about new wingers. I don't think they need to for, get rid of for the last year. I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, state no, no, no. That. But but you imagine need to, you, mm -hmm. not not get rid of. I mean, phase out, phase out over time. Um, but if it's for playing style, if it's for the inability to get the most out of his players, I can understand a sacking. What I don't necessarily is uh, understand, and I don't think they're going to sack him necessarily for this, would be if he doesn't go out and win the Champions League or he doesn't go out and get at least quarterfinal semis. But I have a feeling that that's exactly what's going to do him in. They lose to Napoli, Xavi's gone. Uh, I think you... if they don't get top three in, in La Liga, I think Xavi could be gone. But I do see 
that Laporta believes in Xavi for two years. I think it will show a lot of commitment to Xavi if he keeps him in the summer with bad results this season. Because another yeah. season of Lewandowski, now he's got Vitor Roque at the second half of the season. Rafinha, Laminha Mal's older. He, like, there's a lot of variables. But going with what you said about uh -huh. Xavi... Barcelona with Lewandowski, Lewandowski at Barcelona has 70 games, 44 goals, 12 assists. This confirms that La Liga is much harder than the Bundesliga. And two, <laughs> that Bayern Munich has a much better team than Barcelona right now and in the last three years too. It's a fact. He's mm. believing in the future of Barca. And who can blame him? It's a beautiful city. It's a good project that it showed to be getting Conde, Ronald Araujo there, Ter Stegen there. There's still good players there. So I don't necessarily agree that Xavi will be sacked in 2024. But I do think mm -hmm. there's a high risk if they don't get top three. nor if And if they lose to Napoli too, which I believe okay. Barca will be beating Napoli. I believe that will well, happen. Especially if Ozzy May leaves in January. Well, Come yes. on. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, if, if he if he gets 120, 140 million for him or plus, um, maybe Napoli can uh, learn how to spend well. But no, I mean, looking at the round of 16 opponents, mm -hmm. uh, Barcelona is thanking their lucky stars. They brought Napoli in. I mean, the only one better, I guess, would have been Copenhagen. And, and La so, Mina Mal um, in 2030 yeah. will be 23. That is absolutely I, I mad. I and I, I see people say, oh, common player in the comments section. Yeah, right. It's a 16-year-old playing in La Liga, playing in the Champions League, playing for the Spanish national team, common player. He can be at the same level right now, but he's 16. So it's the level oh. and the potential. The potential, people, is unreal. So that's why Barca I mean, plays La Mina Mal. And he's got a lot of Not talent. even... Well, yeah, I mean, it, the quality at 16 years old speaks for itself. He's the youngest goal scorer in the history of the Spanish Super Cup. He's the youngest goal scorer in the history of La Liga. He's the mm -hmm. youngest goal scorer in the history of European or Euro qualifying. And I believe he's the youngest goal scorer in the history of the Spanish national team. So Lamina Mall um, obviously has done a lot, has packed in a lot at 16. But you're right. I mean, it, it, it you have to develop other tools beyond that uh, as Gavi we Pedro. move further along. And sometimes people move sideways. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not equating Lamine Yamal to Bojan Kirkic, but <laughs> that is a cautionary tale of getting way too excited about somebody way too quickly. Now, Lamine mm -hmm. Yamal, I think, has already done much more than Bojan Kirkic did to assume his, holy crap, this is the future of Barcelona um, status. So we'll, we'll see. But I'm, I'm with you. I want to reiterate, I don't want to see Xavi Zach. I still <laughs> think, even, even if they bow out of comp, uh, you know, competitions earlier than they'd like to, even if he loses to Napoli, even if he, if he falls out of top three, I really would like to see them stick with him because, frankly, it's the internal stuff that needs to be dealt with, and I can't see anybody right now uh, more equipped uh, to handle it, even if they suffer on the field. The issue is, is you have that, that facade, <laughs> you have that front, that legendary status of Barcelona has to be uber competitive at all times, mm -hmm. and it just doesn't jive well with the, the internal of right now. Right, the it's internal true. of right now. So we'll we'll see. Um, but that is that is one I know that I, I had a feeling you were going to have some issues with that. But you so, also see the the possibilities, right? Okay. So you, your predictions one, is that Brazil will not perform, is that Xavi will be sacked, and what's the third, Breton? <laughs> the third one is unfortunately I'm going all negative here. Um, <laughs> 
if the U.S. national team, I got to go with a little bit of a homerism here. Uh, if the U.S. national team is successful in 2024 at Copa America, and I'm going to reiterate, I think their cap is potentially third place at Copa America, a Copa America that Brazil will not win. Um, <clears throat> I believe it's in spite of Greg Berhalter, and it's not because of Greg Berhalter. Unless Berhalter sh shifts, changes, um, you know, starts to mold his team around his actual player personnel mm -hmm. instead of trying to throw them into a tactical setup that is boring as all get out to watch 99% of the time. Um, I really think that Greg Berhalter should be gone um, if they don't get on the podium or in the semifinals of the Copa America. That should be the minimum. And he should be gone because you'll have two years to get it right. We are in the middle of, or the beginning stages of a super cycle of competitions, world-class competitions coming to our shores, mm -hmm. coming to the United States of America, coming to our continent. And that in and of itself is not being met, right, in parallel with the ambition of our federation in mm -hmm. signing Greg Berhalter a second time to run for a second cycle. Now, I don't want to see him fail. Gets I want to see him change. But I really, do. yeah, well, I don't even know if he's necessarily who I would bring in anymore. And I, I, let's, let's save that for another day. But when it comes down to it, if he missteps and he doesn't get in the semifinals of Copa America and, it, and the U.S. does not get there, he needs to be gone. Okay, and I actually do think that that's going to happen. I think we're going to underperform at Copa America, and if we don't, it's because Christian Pulisic, uh, Juventus's new Andrea Pirlo, just kidding, he's not Andrea Pirlo, but Juventus's Weston McKenney, who's having a great, great run of form to start 2024, uh, and and several, several others, Yunus Musa, others. It will be in spite of Greg Berhalter and not because. Uh, and I just hate saying this, but he's not the man. He's not the man for me, and I really should have, I don't know, spoken out before 2024. Uh, or I'm sorry, before 2022, the World Cup. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes down to it, uh, he's the guy that they wind up picking. And to pick him a second time after underperforming the way that they have, the only skin they've got right now is Mexico's. And mm -hmm. at some point, that might change, too if you see the further development of Santiago Jimenez, right? Uh, Fidel Ambriz, uh, others. So, yeah, I don't like saying it, but I need to see change. Oh. I need to see change. Completely understandable, Bretson, because your expectations, being the host to, of Copa America, being the host of the next World Cup, U.S. men's national team's expectations are to go through in any of those group stages. Any of those group yeah. stages. You're going to have yeah. full stadiums all supporting the U.S. men's national team. So no pressure. But let us know down below. Do you agree with Brandon's predictions? Let us know what you, you thinking in the YouTube comment section. But yes, the <laughs> Premier League did not disappoint. Mm. Man City did not disappoint. And I'm going to start no. by saying I'm going to go very bold and state that Kevin De Bruyne is the best Premier League midfielder ever in the history of the Prem. He's oh, got wow. five Premier League titles. He's got one Champions League. And De Bruyne is the only player that was before Guardiola arrived. He marked the Guardiola era. He's the best player in the Guardiola era. Kevin De Bruyne. And I think this Guardiola Man City is one of the best teams I've ever seen. And definitely top two. 
in ever in the Premier League history. Uh, Maybe the wow. Jose Mourinho team. Maybe the Jose Mourinho team could beat one-on-one, face-to-face. But this Man City team is absolutely special. And De Bruyne came on five minutes ago. Then you have a couple yeah. of minutes after the game-winning assist to Oscar Bob. Trusting the youth. Yeah. The hunger is there. Guardiola just knows who to pick and how to play the best style of football. Man City yeah. are going to win the Premier League by April or May. Only Liverpool oh. can stop them. Only Liverpool can stop them. Yeah, I mean, we've, see, we've seen this script before, right? Mm-hmm. Come on. Um, there's no way. There's no way it's going to happen this, this again, right? It can't happen this way. But, yes... Um, for anyone that thought Kevin De Bruyne would lose a step, I mean, even he, uh, even he was very, very uh, serious with himself afterwards. He goes, "I know I can make an a, an impact right now with my lungs for 15 to 25 minutes. If that were 80 minutes, no, that would not be the same Kevin De Bruyne right now. He's True. he's got still a lot of work ahead of him. But yeah, a goal and an assist. I'm gonna throw a tiny little asterisk on it, just mm. in the sense of Newcastle is beaten." ragged right mm-hmm. now in terms of injuries in terms of eddie howe right now not uh rushing like big Ange did to go out and get reinforcements of mm-hmm. any capacity just yet he's riding the same horses to death at the moment mm-hmm. um and and it's happening all over again and frankly manchester city probably should have won that game five two because if it weren't for martin dubrovka uh dubrovka had a few saves now None of that takes away from the fact that De Bruyne came in and within five minutes, like you said, he scores his first goal since the Champions League semi-final. <laughs> um, and if he only plays 15 important games, 20 important games uh, from here on out every year for Pep Guardiola's Manchester City, um, yeah, he still is absolutely well, massive. I just don't know if I can get over the hump, Alex, Brunson, yet to call let me just him tell you this. the best midfielder ever. If best Kevin midfielder De... ever in the Premier League. If Kevin De Bruyne was at Liverpool right now in the, mm. with Jurgen Klopp, with Virgil van Dijk, with Alisson, with this unreal team, they would have won three Champions League maybe until now. They've won one, and I'm saying that De Bruyne would have made the difference to have two more. Two more. De Bruyne is that guy. He is that guy. I think it's De Bruyne. The more time passes, the more people say, ah, it was too easy. Man City's a top team. No, De Bruyne helped Man City become a top team. A team with now with football heritage, winning a Champions League for the same time. It's greatness on the pitch. It's charisma on the pitch. It's a genius on the pitch. De Bruyne is the player that makes the difference. And even in the Euros, let's see if he goes to the Euros too. De Bruyne, in the last 10 years, in terms of midfielders, the only midfielder I'll say he's on the same level as De Bruyne is Luka Modric. Luka Modric Mm. is the only player I'd say. Mesut Ozil, unreal at Arsenal, but nothing close to this. I love Bruno Fernandes from Portugal, but for Man United... He's not De Bruyne what is for Man City. Man City, he's mm. clinical. And even Odegaard yeah. too. That we, I love at Arsenal. Not even close to what we see yeah. with De Bruyne. He's the difference. I think this, and no Erling yeah. Haaland. And I wanted to state this too, Breton. Pep Guardiola mm-hmm. said that his team is hungry to win a Premier League title. Why are they hungry? They will win the first Premier League title four in a row. No, Man City, if they win the Prem this year, they will be the first time a a Premier League team wins four Premier League titles in a row. That's why they're hungry. And if you see the Man City squad, what they're right now, and what they were when Pep Guardiola started, very different players. You got Doku in his first season. You got Guardiola in his first season. You got Erling Haaland second. You got... 
Phil Foden, Rico Lewis. You got hungry players that want to make the difference. And let's not forget Julian Alvarez that wins any trophy that he plays in. Or at least we get that feeling. So, it's the Man City era once again with the youth it, going it, bold. It is, and that's kind of why I feel like there's an asterisk thrown on it because it does feel like a new era. Um, if we go back and we look at 20, 30 years ago, mm -hmm. um, at, at the beginning stages of the... Mm, Money from elsewhere boom. Uh, let's just say that when Abramovich bought Chelsea and started buying Shevchenko, started mm -hmm. buying, I mean, you name it, right? Well, that was the first real shopping spree, to Portugal if you will. Uh, I, it's, it's not really asterisk. I guess it's kind of phases. Um, but in terms of De Bruyne's effect, uh, in terms of the continuity, in terms of the synergy that he has mm -hmm. uh, and the understanding he has with a, an, an elite coach and one of the best coaches of all time and Pep Guardiola, um, I'm going to have to agree with you. He's obviously the best of the last 20 years. And, and right? De Bruyne, I think so. Oh, that, he's the best yeah. ever in the Premier League, Bretton. He's better than... I, I like, know the, you're the, saying the that. The thing I, here is... Lampard, I think he's the best offensive midfielder in his era. But De Bruyne, what he's continuously doing. And Man City too. This needs to be stated. Yep. Thank God, Walker. No, Man City needs to be stated that Walker made a good decision staying. Bernard Silva did a good decision staying. They got Ruben Diaz, a world-class centre-back. They got Rodri, that is unbeaten for Man City in his last 50 games. 39 wins and 11 draws. Rodri's the best CDM in the world. That happens because De Bruyne is there motivating, training on a weekly basis with him. And Guardiola is there, the master, the genius, and one of the best managers, managers, if not the best manager ever in Premier League history to Alex Ferguson. These are the names that he, Guardiola is starting to be compared, and that's why he arrived to the Premier League with this project of Man City. That even now, yeah. he gets rewarded with his brother being the chairman of Girona, which makes total sense because City Group owns 48% of Girona. So I, I think he's loving life, and who wouldn't love so life if you're with Man City? I gotta say it. So one of my so one of my uh, secondary predictions for 2024 would should not be that Pep Guardiola is going to announce his desire to move on from Manchester City by the end of the year. I think he stays as long as Holland <laughs> is there too. Do you think Holland leaves uh, Man City this summer? Um, if not, mm, then mm, Guardiola doesn't really, leave too, Breton, because Holland yeah, is the main variable it, with the Bruyne to win a Champions League. Yeah, but it depends on where Mbappe goes, and and yeah, it just Mbappe right goes now all I know is that <laughs> all I know is that Erling Erling Holland. We knew that that stress reaction before anyone said it. We knew that that was going to wind up being a whole lot worse than an actual stress fracture, right? They have to be as tender as possible with him. So I I know he's kind of coming back and and on the men still, um, but I mm. if they can if they can squeeze another month or two out of him in terms of uh, less needed from him. Mm -hmm. um, I know that's that's never good for Erling Holland in terms of in his mind, taking a shot of milk after the game. Um, but when it, I, you just need to see him, him mm -hmm. uh, fully, fully, fully recovered. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you and in all this talk. I just, best ever, best ever, my brain is broken just thinking no, about it. Especially, especially when he's, especially when the last goal he scored because of how much he's been injured as of late, 
the the last goal he scored was in the semifinal in April, I think it was, or was it May? Um, in yeah, so <laughs> six plus months of mm-hmm. waiting, or nine plus months of waiting, uh, mm-hmm. for him to actually score a goal. But yeah, there was no doubt that uh, he was going to have an impact when he came in. Um, I just feel bad. I feel bad for Newcastle, but at some point you got to ha- start asking questions mm-hmm. of Eddie Howe because six losses in your last seven Premier League games is not acceptable for a team that has bigger ambitions. But high expectations, totally right, Bretton. A team right. that when Newcastle signs a player, they usually sign right. They got unfortunate yeah. with Tonali, but Sven Botten, Brungi Maranj, Alexander Isak, yep. Anthony Gordon, they're more rights mm-hmm. than wrongs right here. And I think they'll they be are. hitting the markets once again in January and in the summer too. Because yes, this team is fighting to go top four consistently one day. That's what Newcastle is investing towards. And if Eddie Howe leaves Newcastle, there's managers that can be appointed that are bold picks like Farioli of Nice, like Ruben Emery of Sporting. Like if they convince Arnes Slots with the money. Well, Tottenham mm-hmm. didn't convince. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Ange Postecoglou worked out. But there's young managers that can make a difference and that are available in the market. A lot of people hinted yeah. on Michel too of Girona. Yeah. So that, mm-hmm. that would be a big difference. And a project manager. Huge. Project manager too. But you said Man City. Last thing I wanted to mention too is Oscar Bob. Oscar Bob mm. having this shine is totally deserved. He's one of the best talents coming out of the Man City Academy. And the Man City Academy the Man City Academy deserves recognition. Phil Foden, yeah. Jaden Sancho, Frank Pong has left Man City. Nobody, everybody tends to forget about Frank Pong. Cole Palmer, Everyone. James Trafford. Now you see Oscar Bob too. By no jittens that is with Jaden Sancho at Dortmund. So many, Alex, many. A- Alex Garcia at Hirono was there, right? <laughs> at one Back point, in he's now day. in the Spanish national team <laughs> setup. Uh, it's... It's absolutely ridiculous. Bino Gittens, I think you just said, assisted Jaden Sancho, or Jaden Sancho assisted, I'm sorry, uh, Jamie Bino Gittens, um, or no, he assisted Marco Royce. But anyway, Bino Gittens is from there. Uh, mm-hmm. But Oscar Bob, listen, to do that, that that is that's innate. That's like you you grow up with a ball at your feet type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because while we all think we can do that in the moment, uh, taking a lofted ball down as well as he did. Uh, and then rounding the goalkeeper who has had who had a ridiculous game up until Unreal. that point. Um, Oscar Bob just showed such tight control and such a kind of innovation, I guess you will. And I know it's weird to say that when he's just shifting the ball from his left to his right in a really quick fashion and pushing it right by him after that. But my mm-hmm. gosh, one, it looked beautiful. So buttery. I was watching it with people that don't normally watch football. And they were they even they were like, whoo. You know, and you might have just had a fan (laughs) created right then and there. And unfortunately, it's a Manchester City fan moving forward because they don't need more of those. But when it comes down to it, Oscar Bob, what a great, great first Premier League goal to score at 20 years old. Oscar Bob is part of one of these things on paper when you list all the talents that Norway has, right? Mm-hmm. Started at top by Erling Holland. You could even say Frederick Arsenis. You can say, obviously, Martin Odegaard. And then on the flanks, you've got guys like Oscar Bob. And on the other side, Antonio Nusa at Club Bruges. You've got even young ones like Sver Nippon um, at Rosen, Rosenberg in the Elite Syrian. I, I just, it makes, you know, you know. It, it, makes my, uh, it makes my bones hurt thinking about not being able to see any of these guys at the Euros um, and probably not seeing them. We'll see. I mean, it's an expanded World Cup. Hopefully seeing them at World Cup 2026 in the States.
Hopefully. Ooh, hopefully. <laughs> Herling Holland needs to make that happen. And you listed phenomenal names that will be helping him in that journey. The Norwegian future Damn. is real completely. And mentioning, yes, another big game that happened. It was not just Man City, Newcastle. There was a Man United, Tottenham. And Man United, I see good signs. Not all the signs about Man United are good right now. Lisandro Martinez is back. Casemiro is going to be back. But Rashford scored his first goal at Old Trafford in seven months. Yeah. He hadn't scored since May in Old Trafford. And it confirms that the trio of forwards at Man United must be Rashford, Rasmus Winterhoyland, and Alejandro Garnacho too. That Garnacho is always such, he's got such a flair on him. A consistent yep. threat to the goal he really is. And Rasmus Winterhoyland has had his first mm -hmm. game in which he had a goal and an assist. And in 2024, we've seen two goals. I fully expect a new Rasmus Winterhoyland at Man United because he's starting to get that vibe. And he's got the support yes. on him. And Eric Ten Hag yes. needs to bet on him every single minute he can because he's the top goal scorer man united in that team in all competitions and he's 20 yeah. come on don't I, don't kill I, a 20 year old he's starting you hit you hit the nail on the head though that that was one of the first games i've watched of rasmus Holland at manchester united since he's arrived where he just had that vibe he had that vibe and and i don't think you can pick a better play um than when he had mickey van de ven trying to post him up and mm -hmm. he did that little heel kick by him and oh. then beat him, beat Mickey Vandeven by pace. Now he had a couple steps, right? He had a couple steps in front of him, uh, but he beat him for pace to run down. I don't know if it, it didn't wind goal. up amounting to anything. But that little thing, that little thing in and of itself reminded me of him at his best for Atalanta. Mm -hmm. And that is what you want to see. So Rasmus Vinterholen, a lot of people forget, kid's still 20 years old. Yeah. Just 20 years old. So he's going to continue to grow into it. It was nice to see Rashford with a little chip on his shoulder again, like you do said. You think, um, do you think Rasmus Winterhorland has a higher potential than Darwin Nunes? I think that Rasmus Winterhorland definitely has more potential than any other Premier League uh, striker in London right now. Better than any at Arsenal. Ooh. Better than any at Chelsea. I would put all yeah. my money in Rasmus Winterhorland ahead of those London team strikers. <laughs> yeah, because he already, he already has innate finishing. Um, mm -hmm. Already has the finishing down. Striker of Denmark, too? A lot, a lot of the other strikers in London don't necessarily have that at the moment. Although, although his counterpart in this game now has six goals in six games. <laughs> who am I talking about? <laughs> Richarlison. So you got to give, give a little love for the much maligned Richarlison at this moment. Uh, because Big Ange, uh, he's mm. the man with the plan and he's getting the most he's getting the most out of Richarlison and I you know not to shift things really quickly but Big Ange actually mm -hmm. has a plan from the transfer front he's got Daniel Levy mm -hmm. working overtime because that's how ingrained Daniel Levy feels in the Big Ange uh, feel to Spurs yes and Paratici but apparently they were up until 3 a.m. trying to get this uh, Radu Dragashin uh, deal over the line because Bayern came in Bayern came in because Bayern, man. the one, you know, the team that is still in the Champions League, Bayern, <laughs> the team that hasn't lost the Champions League group stage game in like forever, comes in for Radu Dragosin. And you got to credit Paratici, you got to credit Daniel Levy, and you got to credit Big Ange for the vision to True. get it over the line. Now, whether or not he winds up being an amazing uh, addition, uh, that remains to be seen. But at 21, 
uh, Romanian center back that obviously has worked his way through Syria and built a very, very good profile for himself, uh, picked Spurs and the project over Bayern Munich. So um, <laughs> he wouldn't and start forced Eric Dyer out in the process. He, uh, so. and, and, and it facilitated Bayern Munich towards who they were going to sign for Eric Dyer. I think it's a it's, it's an interesting move too. But mentioning first on Tottenham and I'll go on Dyer. I'll talk about yeah. Dyer because I think Kane even tampered a bit on, on there. I think it's a Probably. it's a good move. But um, but on Tottenham, Anche Postecoglou. Daniel Levy, Paratici, they totally deserve the credit for what's happening. Every mm -hmm. every player that comes to Tottenham in these transfer windows with Ajay Postagoglu, you feel an intent towards getting them. And even the players that remain at the club. You see Pogo much better. You see Udogi much better. You see Bentacur, that for me is an underrated CDM. For me, Rodrigo Bentacur is one of the best defensive mids in the Premier League. It needs to be stated more. And vital for Tottenham, when Pop starts playing, we all know what's coming. I like Hoiberg, but Pop Sar, special talent, and what he does for them is special. But Pedro Pojo has seven assists right now in the Premier League. He's the top assister in defenders in the Premier League. A development like that couldn't happen with a Conte. And it's with Ange Postegoglu no, that is doing a phenomenal job. And the transfers of Vicario, Mickey van de Ven, mm -hmm. James Madison. You see Radu Dragusin now, Timo Werner. You get a sense that yep. all these players fit the Ange Postegoglu mold. They fit his high intensity, high pressing style of play. And I got to respect yep. Tottenham for what they're doing with that. It's unreal. Unreal. And, and a little and a little throw out to FC uh, shout out to FC Wonderkid in that the average age of his signings is uh, a shade under 23 at this moment. And so, you push the um, with Tottenham. You, you what? Yeah, you got a lot. That's even with the that's even with the uh, Timo Werner, uh, 27 year old signing. I mean, come on. No, but I I like that for depth. I like that for more options. With no obligation to uh, buy Brenton. Good. I know. Good I know. But but Big Ange, I, I just got a quick little side quick. Quick little tangential story for you here. Uh, we know the AFCON's going on right now. The Asian Cup is going on right now, and that's why Son did not play at Old Trafford in this uh, game versus Manchester United. Probably would have had a different outcome if he was there. But the last time, I did not know this, but South Korea has not won the Asian Cup in 60-plus years. 60-plus years. The last time they were in the finals. Okay, this is fun. This is really fun. The last time they were in the finals, they played... Uh, Australia, the Socceroos, who were coached by who? Big Ange, Postagoglu. <laughs> and guess who beat them? Oh, the Socceroos won in that one. Um, and I, I think that was a decade plus ago. Um, <clears throat> but it is just really interesting to see how things kind of come full circle, except I think Big Ange might be rooting uh, for Son this time to finally end that drought in the Asian Cup for South Korea uh, because <laughs> they've know. got a little bit of a golden generation. I think he's Australian. Uh, but anyway, though. I just I wanted to throw Aussie. that out there. <laughs> I think he's Aussie, it's though. True. But South Korea, it's, it's Yu Ming Son and it's Min Jae Kim, too. They got one of the best yeah. center backs in the world, yeah, too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, the yeah. Asian Cup deserves more recognition. And I'll, I think we'll have time to be talking just of a team in the Asian Cup that is performing mm -hmm. really well. But yes, we'll we mentioned Hadou Dragusin trans. 
first time here with FC Wonderkid, and a bold yeah. move was Eric Neyer going to Bayern Munich for 3.5 million. A deal that confirmed Hadur Dragusin going to Tottenham, but Eric Neyer, mm -hmm. I like the deal. He's the fourth centre-back of a team like Bayern Munich, a team that is legendary, and I for sure know that Eric Neyer will not be the player that will do horrific games. He will know the respect, and now maybe we'll see prime Eric Neyer. At Bayern Munich, but he, I think yeah. he realizes his position in the squad that he's behind Minji Kim, Upamecano, and Delict. He knows he mm -hmm. won't be starting ahead of them if there's no injuries, at least right now. So if this serves as inspiration, go bold, Eric Dyer. And I love this move for a player that can play center at CDM too at given moments. He is versatile. I think it's a good move. And and for a player that I feel like he's been around forever, and he's still, I don't even think he's cracked 30. Yet. I watched 29? his debut at Sporting right? when I was oh, back in amazing. the day. He was he played at right uh, back back in yeah. the day, even though it'll, wow. he left Sporting for $5 million to Tottenham, Shh. and he stayed there for an eternity, as it seemed. <laughs> but wow. yes, now going and to Bayern. Uh, I got to ask, because I forget. How did he wind up at sporting in the first place as an English academy product? He he studied okay. in the school that uh, I can talk more about that in the future, maybe. But yes, okay. Okay. this ties between me and Eric Dyer doesn't even know. <laughs> so, but yes, Eric Dyer was he grew up here in Portugal and okay. he was a sporting academy product with all fairness. If wow. you see Eric Dyer yeah. speaking to Jose Mourinho. No doubt, mm -hmm. like Eric Dyer has a perfect, 100% perfect accent of Portuguese. I was shocked when I was watching that documentary of Amazon Prime confirming just that. But I like that yeah. move to Bayern Munich, and I think one day he'll go to Sporting. He could deny it, I don't know. But I like what's happening with him. And Bayern Munich to have Harry Kane, mm. that is the best striker in the world. Erling Haaland helps me because he's not hasn't been in the best form this season. We saw Erling Haaland going very bold last season, but Harry Kane hasn't stopped at Bayern Munich. He's got 23 no. games, 26 goals, and eight assists. Jude Bellingham, yeah. Harry Kane, England once again. I'll state it: they're favorites for the Euros with these guys pulling out like this. But yeah. we'll beat them. Uh -huh. What'll up go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if either of you guys will be winning that Euro. <laughs> that Euro is going to be wide open. I'm just calling it. I'm going to call it now. Another 2024 prediction. One of the favorites will not win Euro 2024. Oh, so you're saying France, England, or Portugal? They won't win it. I think. You're wrong. Exactly. I think. I think it's going to. I. I probably. I probably am wrong. But I think it's going to be a coming of the age story, and it's going to be some. Someone more like. I mean, I'm looking at Spain. I'm looking at the Netherlands. With no Gavi. Yeah. well, with no Gavi. Yeah. Well, Pedri's back. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Imagine if in the Euros we see a wonder kid manager winning the Euros for his nation. Dominic Tedesco with Belgium or Julian Nagelsmann with Germany. If if well, Germany yeah. won the Euros, people will be like, it's Jamal Musiala, it's Florian Wirtz, and it's Julian Mark, uh, Julian uh, Nagelsmann's era marked. It's the start now. Yeah. That would be a bang. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, Nagelsmann better be uh, better be careful because if he underperforms when Germany is the host nation, we know Thomas Tuchel will then wind up taking his job.
I think I th- no so, joke. I think that could happen. Fight. And then Chabi Alonso yeah. gets the Bayern Munich because that's one of my yeah. predictions. We'll be talking more about Bayer Leverkusen more ahead. But yeah, stating yeah, on yeah, transfers yeah. and a big transfer it is, and it's always a big transfer to talk about this player. It's Kylian Mbappe. We're talking Euros too. Yeah. It's the summer. In this this summer, we're gonna see Kylian Mbappe, the captain of France, with Kylian Mbappe has 46 goals and 30 assists for France. He's the captain of France. I think he's going to be the most talked player this summer because, yes, he'll be moving to Real Madrid, his dream club. Because Real Madrid right now, they've got the upper hand with Kylian Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe, if he wants to win a Ballon d'Or, he has to go. Has to go to Real Madrid to guarantee the most success in probabilities. 25 years old, French captain. Now you got to show to the world you're the, you're the best player in the world. Haaland cannot win the Champions League. It must be Real Madrid with a killing Mbappe. And Ancelotti staying, I think, Ancelotti staying mm-hmm. even gives more power to Real Madrid. Because Vinicius Junior, Rodrigo, Jude Bellingham, Hendrik, I think they're all happy. All happy about Ancelotti staying. And I think Mbappe should be too. Because you would learn a lot with, Mbappe, uh, with Ancelotti. But a bit of now- me thinks... Zidane with Mbappé yeah. one day at Real Madrid, but that's a whole different conversation. I just hope he goes to Real Madrid and he's coached by one of the best managers in the ever in the history of the game with Don Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, Alex, we're gonna we're gonna fast forward ten years and we're still gonna be talking about Zinedine Zidane taking over some vacant managerial post. Um, <laughs> I think he just loves loves these types of uh, prognostications. I mean, when is Zidane going to actually come back? That's what we need to know. I think it's maybe when French De- national Maybe when team. Deschamps loses his job. Exactly. When Deschamps loses his job this summer. Or Real Madrid this again. Or Real Madrid again. Maybe. I even saw some Marcel, if Marcel gets takeover. But I think that's very mm-hmm. far-fetched. I think PSG have a chance. But I think that mm-hmm. would maybe... Put a bit in jeopardy his legacy with Marseille. But I've, we've seen a lot. We've seen it all in football. We've seen Figo playing for Real, for Barca. We've seen so many of these stories. Tevez for Man United, for Man City. Like, it's not like now, it's impossible for him to go to PSG if, one day. If Real Madrid wins La Liga, if Real Madrid wins the Champions League, as is a, a very realistic possibility, they're obviously good enough to do so. Um, with their current personnel, and that's without a kind of bona fide potent number nine. Um, do, does that does a Kylian Mbappe bringing him in? Does that ruin the chemistry? It does still that happens. mix up the chemistry way too much? I'm sure it still happens from a uh, from a marketability standpoint, from obviously a playability standpoint, and a durability of a new dynasty. Yeah. Uh, but my goodness, I mean, where else do you go from there? You got to win now three in a row or four in a row. You got no excuse because if you can win it without him, then you have to win it with him. It's, and it's, it's and the it's greatness of Real Madrid is that Real Madrid mm-hmm. with Florentino Perez. The greatness is is that obvious for everyone in the world that Kylian Mbappe has mm-hmm. to go to Real Madrid. If Real Madrid were in a bad financial state, if they were like Barcelona right now, people would say, ah, oh, right. it would be a huge commitment for Mbappe. But right now, the best player in the world is Jude Bellingham. One of the best coaches in the world is Carlo Ancelotti. You got Valverde, Camavinga, Rodrigo, Chouameni. You got a young core, even Brahim Diaz. Off the bench, mm-hmm. vital, very good player. Not vital, but very good player. So, Calafat, Florentino Perez, thank you for making it obvious that Kylian Mbappé must go to Real Madrid in order to win a Champions League. The uh, only way Liverpool can get Kylian Mbappé, everybody knows, is if Mo Salah is sold. So there needs a step for that to happen. And if there's a step for something to happen, it takes 
longer for it to happen. And Kylian Mbappé is already talking with Real Madrid because the position will be vacant and it's all going to be smooth sail. A smooth sail. Well, but let us know. Do you agree, disagree with what I'm saying about Kylian Mbappé? Because, yeah, it's, it's, it's an opinion right now. It's not a fact. It is. <laughs> it is. And and he's he's been very uh, question marky about it. He doesn't want to upset anything going on. So it doesn't sound like we're going to find out until early summer mm. at, the, at the earliest, probably. <laughs> um, but hey, any any uh, quick responses to uh, just saw Mo Salah and Egypt lost their first AFCON fixture to Mozambique. Ora, bora, bora, bora. Jenny Catamo, Mozambique, Mozambique, those final years. I love to see that. I like Salah. I Crazy. think Egypt are, I said, a dark horse. I don't expect them to be a better, mm. I don't, ex don't see them as a better team than Argelia, Morocco, yeah. Senegal, Nigeria. I think all these teams are better than Egypt right now as we speak. But seeing Mozambique, Mozambique, Mozambicanos. Wait, 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 wait. I love to see it. <laughs> yeah. They, they didn't get the three points because guess what? The script was written 97th minute penalty kick for Mo Salah. He converts it. They draw 2 2, just like Nigeria draw one, drew 1 1 with Equatorial Guinea. Man, AFCON is crazy. The AFCON is absolutely crazy. First off, Mozambique shouldn't you even did have that a chance to me, against Egypt. That was crazy, man. You did I, that to me, mate. You yeah. did that to me. I, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. Oh, I, it was it was two to one in the ninety seventh minute. I didn't expect <laughs> to see a penalty thrown out there. I don't know. It's, the fix is in. What do you think, Alex? Fix is in against oh, Mozambique. Oh my days! I still think Egypt are not doing that. Oh my days! But yes, Mozambique. Good job getting a draw with Egypt. That's phenomenal in my view. Still big. Oh, yeah. my days. Is there right. any other transfers that you want to state here, uh, Bretson? Because you, I think you, well, there's a counter effect yeah. happening. I see Karim Bezema is not happy at Aletian. I'm very sad about that because we see Christian Ronaldo dominating okay. the Saudi Pro League. And he needs competition. It can't be just Mitrovic with Ali Lal, Kojar Zuz that they are unbeaten. They cannot, they just don't lose those guys. But Benzema wants to leave Ali Tiad, a lot of reports are stating. And now we see mm -hmm. Angel Correa, maybe he's going to Al Tiad. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask you, I see a lot of reports stating yeah. that Tiago Almada will be going to Atletico de Madrid. Is he an Atletico de Madrid player, Breton? Uh, he is. He is. Uh, my biggest, uh, I mean, Simeone, <sighs> Will Simeone be Thiago a good manager Almada, for Tiago Almada? That's the big question. He will be. Argentinian. He, he will be. I'm I'm convinced that he will be. My issue is uh, I deal, I think of Tiago Almada as early days in MLS Tiago Almada. I think he has changed. I think he has matured. I think he will mature even faster uh, under the tutelage of a Simeone. I think he's matured because he even got a sniff of the field in the World Cup and won a World Cup trophy, so he expects those standards for himself. I think Tiago Almada at Atletico Madrid would be a humongous, humongous um, signing for the future. I wouldn't expect fireworks right away, uh, but I know Atlanta's holding out for at least $30 million. 30 million. million. So, uh, they would pay it. They would pay it if Angel Correa leaves Stalit yet. They they I want at least an MLS all-time transfer fee. So it's it's gonna take it's gonna take quite a bit, but I know Almada's pushing big and um I could see a more logical step to Atletico Madrid, mm -hmm. uh like a Hirona, 
of some sort. Um, and I know it's weird saying that because Hirona obviously is only what two points behind Real Madrid at the top, or for seven kinda, million to thirty, right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they're not gonna. They're not gonna. Hirona's not gonna spend thirty million exactly. when their all-time transfer fee is eight no matter how backed they are financially by city football groups. So um, I, I really do think Atleti would be a, a pretty a great next step for Almada. But I also know that it's a very divisive line uh, amidst most people that follow Major League Soccer. Or even um, Newcastle. Because his biggest... Follow Almiron. <laughs> I just can't. I can't see him playing in the. I can't see him playing in the north of. Uh, <clears throat> in the north of England, but mm. you never know. Yeah, you well, never know. Tonali, I still we yeah. still haven't seen a lot, but uh, it could. Well, it, it, I wasn't expecting that one too over the line when it did. <laughs> well, wh one uh, one thing I saw that went under the radar for me. What do you think about Juve mm. bringing in Thiago Jalo from Lille? For just three and a half million. Bargain. Um, Bargain deal. Uh, Juve exactly. knows. My, my thought exactly. They yeah. got six million for the Ragu Dragonson deal that they sold Ragu Dragonson for five million last season. And then they get 20% okay. of the 30 million from yeah. Tottenham. And then with half of that money, they get Tiag Jalot. I think Juve are doing great deals. They got Tiag Jalot. They got Miretti. They got Kenan Yildiz. I think the future of Juve is starting to look a lot more brighter. Little by little. Vlahovic Chiesa is one of the best duos in Serie A2 right now. Playing. I just don't yeah, well. believe in Allegri. Even though Juve is second and the, the team that's most competitive against Inter Milan right now. But Tiag Jalot, what it, a it, deal. They, absolutely. But Weston McKenney, man. Weston McKenney for them, I think he's not a he's not a new signing, but him going away to Leeds, coming back and have having to rewin the trust of everybody at Juve, everybody, it's true. right? That has been that that's almost as if it's a new signing in and of itself. And I know they like to joke around because you know he's a little bit jokey about about the Italian culture. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he likes to put like ketchup on his pizza or something weird like that. <laughs> Come on, he's a troll. He loves this. They call him Big Mac McKenney from time to time. But you can't, I mean, those two Coppa Italia assists that he had the other day, uh, one of which to... Uh, to Kenan I mean, that was just a thing of beauty, not just, not just the delivery, but the finish from Yildiz. And it's just... Who knows? Uh, I just, I love, I, I'm kind of becoming a Juve fan, and I, I really didn't set out to. I did not set out to. Uh, but it is it is great to see. But yes, uh, when I saw Thiago Jalo mm -hmm. going to Juve for three and a half million, I know that there's been a one-to-way status on his name at Lille for some time now. Uh, I didn't know it was as bad that they would accept just three and a half million for him, because I think he hasn't even scraped the surface of how good he could be. And I think Juve and Allegri are going to get it out of him. And I think um, Lenny so, Yoro facilitates all that. <laughs> I think uh, if there was yeah, no well, Lenny Yoro, maybe Tiag Jalo wouldn't have left for three and a half million. I think it was a big facilitator. Uh, and I wanted to mention this mm. on my end on transfers. My last thing would be Jaden Sancho. Jaden Sancho oh, of course. has... For Borussia Dortmund, 139. No, Jaden Sancho for Dortmund, 138 games, 50 goals, 58 assists. And you get the feeling... Jaden Sancho is going to prove every hater wrong in my books. He's going to the yep. he's going on the plane to the Euros, to Germany. He may not start. I don't believe he'll be starting. But I believe he's going to be a value-added player in that team and in much better form at Borussia Dortmund. He had an assist well, to Marco Reus. Yeah. It didn't took much. He, he did. <laughs> and, and, and it's going to take a little time for him to get uh, up to snuff there. But... 
you can already see he's got a smile. He's got uh, he wants to prove um, himself under Aiden Terzic, who I still think is not the guy to continue to manage Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sancho swaps out. He made an $85 million deal at United. Um, hasn't played in a, golly, I don't even know how long, seven months, eight months, something like that. And he comes back into a side that right now, for all intents and purposes, when I look at Dortmund, I think of them as a mess on the field. I don't think of them as a great side. And yet, Alex, mm-hmm. and yet, they are the ones in the Champions League knockout round and not <laughs> Manchester United. And they right? were in the group of so death. So he walks... <laughs> And they were in the group of death, and he walks He walks into a side. Jaden Sancho walks into a side where um, he has the possibility to sign for them again. He's got a um, an insane atmosphere of 70,000-plus at every game mm-hmm. that um, knows him for his best, knows him for his greatest, uh, and he now gets to take them through a Champions League knockout stage um, campaign, mm-hmm. if you will, that starts relatively soon. So it <clears throat> it just it it I know Manchester United, I know Dor- uh, Bo Russia Dortmund are two different animals. I am not out here to say that he fails in the Premier League and only succeeds in the Bundesliga uh, because it's a farmers league. Otherwise, you'd see more man you'd see more Manchester United. I I think you're right. I think you're right. But what I am happy to see is him in his element. And if it takes him being in his element and him happy and him playing his best football, that's what we want for Jaden Sancho. I agree. And for Manchester United fans, I'm happy that they get their closure and they get to move on from what has been one of many very bad transfer uh, chapters in a long Glazer transfer mismanagement Mm -hmm. insanity. It's right. true. A movie in and of itself. And it's a in new era now with been. Sir Jim Ratcliffe, as it seems to. He has no comments if there's gen- going to be January transfers. But FC Warner can has comments. There must be January transfer uh, <laughs> January transfers happening. Center backs, right back maybe. But they will not need to. They can act desperate, though. And I even see a lot of no. Jordan Evans talk to go even to Man United. But let us know. What are the transfers that you want us to mention in the next podcast? Lucas Bergvall, Messinho. There's a lot of players that we got to be talking that are showing a mm. lot of promise. And top teams are all signing these players sooner rather than later, not more than ever. Let us know down below mm. in the comment section. And don't forget to like this video. We wanted to end the podcast mentioning top teams playing right now. And even Wonder Kids too. I want to, I got to talk about Bayer Leverkusen. Bayer Leverkusen. Leverkusen right now doesn't have Bunny Face, doesn't have Kosonu, doesn't have Tapsoba, but they have Xabi Alonso, the best manager in the Bundesliga, and maybe I'll say the best young manager right now up for grabs for next season too. Okay, so Ruben Emery or Xabi Alonso. I stated in previous podcasts, Xabi Alonso is the best manager in the Bundesliga right now, ahead of Thomas Tuchel, and right now, Bayer Leverkusen is the only team in the top four leagues unbeaten until now. It's 26 games, 23 wins, zero losses, with 82 goals scored. Let's not forget that Florian Wirtz in 2023 had 20, 20 assists. He was the top assister behind De Bruyne. How's that possible? That's unreal. So... Let's bet on that and let's bet on Bayer Leverkusen. That even though without those players, last minute winner. Last minute winner yeah. with Palacios. Ze- Ezekiel Palacios, uh, what a what a story because Bayer Leverkusen could have cut bait on him a long time ago because ever since he was signed, 
by them. He mm-hmm. had injury issues ever since he was signed. And you could say the same about Patrick Schick. Um, and both of them, both of them have rewarded the loyalty uh, that Leverkusen has had for them uh, already this season. Because I think while they're going to miss the kind of the dynamism <clears throat> that uh, Boniface provides, Patrick Schick should be able to um, score enough goals uh, until April uh, that Leverkusen should not lose too much in the standings and, and vice versa. Um, when it comes down to Palacios, you've got, I mean, Ronnie Chaka to Bayer Leverkusen, we knew that was going to be a slam dunk, but I, I guess I'm surprised about how slam dunky it was. I mean, it's been phenomenal. Chaka and Ezekiel Palacios, one of the best yo- yeah. duos in the midfield in the world right now yeah. playing in a double pivot. Easily in the Bundesliga and, yeah, definitely in the wor- uh, definitely in the top five leagues and beyond that. Uh, I, uh, Palacios, I'd like to see him in Copa America. I'd like to see him. I don't know where you, where you fit all these guys in the midfield um, for mm. Argentina. In well, Palacios for America. me starts. I think Palacios will get a lot really? more recognition the moment he leaves by Leverkusen to a top team. Because like I say about Rodri, I see Zikal Palacios having that same body feints and style of play that suits a Guardiola. I think a Palacios at a Brighton, a Palacios at a Newcastle would be a monumental mm-hmm. signing in my view and will make him a national team player consistently for Argentina. He's still young. Mm. He's still young. I remember watching him at River and saying, why yeah. didn't a Portuguese team get Ezekiel Palacios? And now it took so long for it to be proven with Xabi Alonso. Xabi Alonso that has a revolutionary style of play, a unique style of play, and it took one summer. One summer to <laughs> sell Musa Diaby to that didn't fit his style of play gets a bunny face, gets a Hoffman, gets players that make a difference. And Jeremy and get a Grimaldo. That that mm-hmm. move itself one of the best left backs in the world. I wanted to stay Between. just that. And Inter Milan, yeah, and- we're talking players uh, teams mega inform. Inter Milan Right now, our favorites to win the Scudetto. I will not put mm-hmm. my bets on Allegri with Juve, even though they're having a much better season than last season. I think Inter are going so bold with Lautaro Martinez with 18 games, 18 goals, two assists right now. Lautaro Martinez will be the top goal scorer of the Serie A, and I want to see him doing better for Argentina, but he will not start in my books. Julian Alvarez. No. <laughs> No, he, he, he definitely, he definitely won't. But but you uh, you mentioned 18 goals in 18 games, uh, one penalty over that time. So 17 non-penalty goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's leading Syria by far in total goal involvements. His inter-teammate, Marcus Turam, probably the best free signing of this past summer. Uh, def- not probably, definitely the best free signing of this past summer. Uh, second on that list of all. Syria goal involvements. And in fourth, you've got uh, Hakan Kalanoglu. Mm. So Inter Milan, um, they know what's up. Uh, and, and, and the references. And it's, it's Inter Milan's project right now. It's much more uh, uh-huh. tractable than any other Serie A team. Why is that? They have a, a manager that has been there for a couple of years now with Inzaghi. They got a Serbi. They got Di Marco, yep. Barella, Lautaro. All players that want to stay there. Bastoni. So it's worthy to play for Inter Milan. And it's a smart decision to join this team. That's why Marcus Turam goes there. Like, it's a smart deal. And Lautaro Martinez extends with Inter Milan because he's been treated right at Inter Milan. They've given Zeko to him in the past. They've given Lukaku to him in the past. And now they give him Marcus Turam that makes it the best partnership offensively in Serie A. So, 
Lautaro yeah. extend and stay and make me a legend. Because since he left Racing, well, he's never left Inter Milan too. Well, why, why are we stopping? It. It's, no, I know. And it's crazy because it, with Lautaro, 18 goals in the 18 games. And I don't think there's really been a peep about him that much. <laughs> right? I, you don't hear really anybody talking that much about Lautaro Martinez having this insane season where he's... Eight, eight goals ahead of everybody else, and yet we're talking about Kylian Mbappe scoring all the goals in Lyon and doing the exact <laughs> same thing in Lyon. And Serie A, we all know, is a better league, top to bottom, than Lyon. Uh, so Lautaro Martinez, I mean, you know, you, you got to give a little hat tip because mm -hmm. he's been insanely consistent the last few seasons for them. I think we would all be talking about Lautaro Martinez if it was him uh, and not Julian Alvarez uh, excelling ridiculously uh, for Argentina. But I do have to say, uh, while we're stopping in Syria for one second, mm -hmm. it was it was a very historic week for Americans in Syria because Christian Pulisic became the first American ever in the top five leagues ever to become player of the month. Okay. Um, I know most of you out there, especially uh, you in Portugal, uh, that's like a normal thing for you guys to deal with. But for us here um, in the States, this kid from Hershey, Pennsylvania, uh, that moved out of his comfort zone as a 15-year-old, 16-year-old, moved over to Dortmund um, with his dad, worked his way up, um, <clears throat> was given story. nothing, handed nothing, and has weaved his way through some of the best teams in the top five leagues, won himself a Champions League title, uh, <laughs> helped on the way to doing so, and uh, now he winds up being pretty high up there in Syria and enjoying the form of his life. It's nice to see it, and I'm not even going to say, like, Ha-ha, Todd Bowley. Ha-ha, Chelsea. Couldn't you use a guy like him? Whatever. That that water is under the bridge. That ship has sailed. Whatever cliche you want to throw out there. But that is history for Christian Pulisic, and you just got to say it. Um, hopefully, it's the beginning of a consistent delivery from Christian Pulisic uh, for AC Milan because... You just, I just like to see it. It's but, great, great, great to see. It's mad that the vital players to win the Champions League in 2021 for Chelsea have all left. All gone. Timo Werner yeah. now at Tottenham. Guy Havertz now at oh. Arsenal. Christian Pulisic now at AC Milan. And then Mason Mount <laughs> now at United. It's mad yeah. that we don't see them staying and, at and, the club. And what's crazy, Creating Alex, heritage. what's crazy is that, yeah, what's crazy is that every... Every player that that contributed to that, for the most part, has also been kind of maligned since then, since they've left. Uh, a lot of people paint, a lot of Chelsea fans paint Mason Mount as not a good player. They paint Christian Pulisic as not a good player. They paint Timo Werner, who, yeah, he has his inconsistencies, mm -hmm. but as a not a great player. Kai Havertz, not a great player. I mean... They are good You can players. talk about pound for pound. You can talk about value. You can talk about all that. Um, but I just, I, I hate to see that type of thing where once they're gone, once they're out of a blue shirt, you know, let's kill them. Let's I hit think Mason Mount would but have anyway. been special at Chelsea. It, it saddened me not to see and, him staying more long-term. People say it's because his dad is a Man United fan, but something happened there with the new administration. I wouldn't definitely. have been happy if all these new players have come and Enzo Caicedo, Conor Gallagher all want to play minutes. Understandably. Mm -hmm. But that's a whole mm -hmm. other conversation. Teams it that is. are in form right now, too, I got to state... PSV Eindhoven, 17 games in the, <laughs> in the league, 
17 wins, Bretson. And they are mm. one win away of beating their best ever start in Eredivisie history that it was them yep. doing it to PSV. Having 18 wins in a row. Zero losses and zero draws. It's unreal. And PSV right now in the league has players like Luke De Jong with 15 goals, 7 assists. Johan oh Bakayoko with 3 goals and 8 assists. And a Joey Veerman with 3 goals and 9 assists. These numbers are unreal. And Peter Bosch ball is real. Mm -hmm. Noah Lang's improving with it. Ricardo Pepe's improving with it. We got a Malik Tillman. We gotta pay attention and remember the name of Tygo Land. Remember the yep. name. He's gonna come mm -hmm. real soon. A bit like Frankie De Jong style of play, but he's a beautiful well, player that Peter Bosch, I think, will be betting on him in 2024. Oh, and uh, and Isaac Bobbity. Um, oh it, yes, it's, good uh, uh, PSV Eindhoven. Um, th th this is historic. I mean, it, it looks like they will be. It, they have every possible. Um, arrow pointing in the direction of them being a Eredivisie invincible, right? Uh, and it's just, I mean, they're already 13 points ahead. They're averaging three and a half goals a game, Alex, um, and they're fun to watch. And oh, oh, by the way, they actually went against uh, the bookies and they actually qualified out of their group stage, right? The they're Champions in League. the knockout rounds With of Champions League. It's so um, you, you gotta... You, they have what I think could be a sustainability issue um, if they get rid of guys like Joey Veerman because mm -hmm. it's not exactly like lockstep right away. They get oh, also Ismael Siberia has had a great, great um, year for them so far. But <clears throat> it's just whether or not do you see this as a flash or flash in the pan or do you see this as maybe, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think I don't press ten hog days. I think okay. Feyenoord. It will be harder for Feyenoord to retain Santiago Jimenez, David Hanko, yep. than it will be for yep. PSV to keep Luke De Jong and maybe Peter Bosch. Mm. Because Arne Slot too, I think will be leaving Feyenoord sooner than maybe Peter Bosch at PSV. I could be wrong. Uh, Visa fans, let us know if I'm wrong with this. But I get this feeling that this PSV team has players that are going to stay there long term. Noah Lang, I think, is happy there. Luke De Jong, I think, is happy there. Why should Joey Veerman leave when he's an absolute legend for PSV? Uh, I think Johan Bakayoko uh, is impossible to retain him. He's too talented no. and he's going to shine in the Euros. One of the top assisters for Belgium. Doku, uh, Johan Bakayoko and Lukaku ahead. That trio is going to have a lot of conversations saying where is Bakayoko going after it. So, yeah, I, th I, I think they're going to retain Bretson. The good form. Okay. I think PSV will not have a dropout. Like the, the good form, 17 wins. I think next oh, yeah. season, they keep it. I think they keep it. Not the 17 wins at 100%, but they retain a lot uh -huh. of the players that make this happen. In my view. I mean, six six goals conceded, too. I think that needs to be thrown out there if it wasn't already. Seven, that's, seven, uh, that's seven. Pretty... In 59, oh, seven in 50, in oh, 59 right. goals. So, yep, but seven right. goals yep. conceded, not bad. <laughs> no, and, and Luke Luke Young, it, it's nice to see him turn back time again in the Eredivisie. He's gonna be, he's gonna wind up being in the top five, top six, probably all time Eredivisie goal scoring history. But come on, fifteen goals, seven assists already uh, for a guy that most people would have said if they heard Luke De Young, he's washed up. He's, he's washed, washed up. up. Yeah, you could say the Eredivisie, uh, but the goals that he took, um, that's Sergio Dest assist. But who did? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like what? But yes. Yeah, but you mentioned that's yeah. that's performing. Yeah, it's good to see him there too. 
It is. It's good to see him expressing himself. Uh, <laughs> he's still got a lot of holes in his game, but my goodness, when he is on, he is one of the more entertaining fullbacks to watch out it's there. It's not Hartman. He I is. prefer Hartman of Feyenoord, though, in, in my books. Though. Okay. But I wanted to okay. mention, too, we're mentioning teams that are very informed. An international yes. team deserves a lot of praise, too. It's not Uruguay mm -hmm. that I would like to give a special mm -hmm. shout-out to with Bielsa. Valverde Darwin, they're going to be crazy in Copa America. But it's the Asian Cup favorites in my books. Japan. Sure. Japan currently are have 11 Japan have 11 wins in a row in all competitions right now, including yeah. wins against Germany, Peru, Canada, and Turkey, that we see this young Turkey generation doing proper damage. Japan can retain them, and it's for players like Japan has Hendo, Morita, mm -hmm. Takefusa Kubu, mm -hmm. uh, Hueda, uh, Minamino, mm -hmm. that was once at Liverpool. This Japanese generation, I get the feeling that they have a good collective team. And that's why they beat yep. in the World Cup Spain, and they beat Germany once again. Yep. So I think this is just going to keep going. And Morita, I don't think Morita will be staying another season at Sporting. Because what he's going to show in this Asian Cup, what he's going to show the rest of the season at Sporting, great player. Sporting that are 100% yep. victorious at home in the league. Not GSV and Sporting. <laughs> and Leverkusen, yeah. Yeah, I well. think. But I think I don't know if Leverkusen uh, are 100% wins though. But uh, in the league, but uh, Sporting and PSV uh, are. Yeah, I mean they gotta be right. No, no, they could have a draw. Wins. They could have draw. They, they could, could have a draw. That's true. That's true. They definitely did draw once uh, yeah. that I know of at mm -hmm. the at the Bay Arena. But uh, yeah, I mean Junior Ito has been great for Stad uh, Stad Rim and Ligon. Uh, Keito Nakamura is coming up for them. I think he had a goal in their comeback win mm -hmm. over Vietnam, which was weird to see. Uh, but they're they're you're right. I mean there's they're going to be one of the best in the AFC for a long time. Uh, is what it feels like. It's just how how high is the precipice for Japan? How high can they go? And 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 I think you're seeing more of their players test their uh, metal mm -hmm. uh, outside of J-League and uh, succeed really well outside of J-League. Um, and I think that the longer that that continues, um, you got to think J Japan is capable of being a whatever, uh, mm -hmm. having a Morocco-like run in a World Cup in the future. It's true. Um, so, that, yeah. That I'm could happen. Project Blue Lock, never know. The, the anime is inspired know. already. And you got Takefusa Kubo, that is one of the best youngsters with a left foot on the wing in La Liga. That must be said. <laughs> and mentioning Wonder Kids, I wanted to finish the podcast here in the outro sure. with a bit of Wonder Kids knowledge. We forgot to mention Cole Palmer. We're going to... We're not gonna. We're not gonna <laughs> go through this podcast without mentioning this. Cole Palmer has nine goals scored and four assists right now. In terms of league, under twenty-one players in the league, only Jude mm -hmm. Bellingham has more goal involvements than Cole Palmer this season. That's mad. That is absolutely mad. Jude Bellingham. How many penalties? <laughs> five penalties? penalties. Five penalties. Yeah, no, for I, Cole I, I don't. I'm not pouring cold water on Cold Palmer, but uh, you know, <laughs> he's it, too it, cold. It takes, it takes a lot. There, there's, there is no doubt that he is the, uh, he's my the favorite of this new Chelsea generation. And um, and Cole Palmer play. until yeah. going to Chelsea, he played 19 games in the Premier League for Man City. He didn't start many of them, but he had zero no. goals. And now yeah. we see five goals and four assists for Chelsea. Unreal games against Luton, Sheffield, and now against Fulham. I know teams, yeah. he's going to be improving and playing against better teams better. 
But li- but you gotta respect what he's doing in a short period of time, Cole Palmer. In my view, you in did. my view. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to mention at the end of this podcast an eleven. If you have friends mm-hmm. that do not know Wonder Kids, here is an eleven to give them some ball knowledge for what's to come in the next five years. The best eleven of young players with Ingol at Rubin, left back Udogi, Antonio Silva, mm-hmm. Lenny Yoro, and a right back with Fringpong. Then. In front in midfield, a Jonevza, what in Zayed Emery, a mm. player like Gavi, a player like Jude Bellingham that is the best player in the world. You must have these players. A player like Florian Wirtz, a player like Musiala. Many players can be mentioned. And in front, you must have Vinicius, you must have Saka, you must have a Rodrigo. And in front, in, in striker, you must have a Haaland yeah. or a Santiago Jimenez or Evan Ferguson or Boniface. Please send oh, this to friends that don't not know about Wonder Kids. Because yes, oh, this you is mean, the list. You mean, the, <laughs> you mean in the Vinicius Jr. who has a hat trick in the first half of the Spanish Super Cup being held in Saudi Arabia? What the hell, man? I think you mean that one, right? Unreal. <laughs> Vinicius, this shows. This is why Carlo Ancelotti yeah. stays. 100% yeah. victorious in the Champions League too. Oh, my days. It's it's, it's and Mark Leonardo it's, it's a goal in his first game for Benfica too. So Look you've been that. warned. The Brazil generation is coming through. My days, Vinicius Jr. with this. Do you believe Vinicius Jr. will win a Ballon d'Or one day, Breton? Oh, uh, ooh, uh, mm, mm. is it the best club for that? Golly, he is at the best club for that. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it's got to be with Real Madrid. The issue is, is he's he's not going to if Kylian Mbappe moves to Real Madrid. Carlo Ancelotti disagrees with you, Breton. <laughs> He stated yeah? that okay. Vinicius Jr. Right. will win a Ballon d'Or one day. And who am I to go against Carlo Ancelotti? Ah, I know. Well, I, I don't know. I'm I joking. Mean, I'm joking. But Mbappé, uh, if he goes to Real, I agree with you, though. <laughs> it, it, it's it's pretty insane to think, My though, days. that you've got Jude Bellingham, who is the odds-on favorite to win so far, so far, if, if things stopped today, right? Uh, in 2024, you've got Vinicius, who Carlo Ancelotti obviously is backing. And then you've got Kylian Mbappé, who thinks he might... who's <laughs> still, whose ambition is still to win a Ballon d'Or, even though he's put up ridiculous numbers uh, year after year after year after year for the French national team, one of the most successful national teams since the turn of the century, or since a little before the turn oh, of the but century. You reject for a um, reason because <clears throat> Real yeah. is greater, and they have a good organization. Yeah. The president of CBF of the Federation of Brazil is a mess right now. It's a mess. Yeah. He was literally, um, people were saying he did crimes right now. This is the state <laughs> of the CBF. Carlo Ancelotti did the right decision in staying at Real Madrid because he's got Jude Bellingham, Rodrigo, Vinicius mm-hmm. Jr., and Hendrik coming through. It's the right move. And now a hat-trick for Vinicius Jr. in the first half. Oh, yeah. my I, I, days. I hate, World-class. I hate, I hate to say it, though, but I have been a lot less enamored with the uh, Ronaldo Rajo, uh, Jules Conde, um, to be honest, like the more, the bigger standout in the de- defense for Barcelona in the last say two months, which have not been great for Barcelona, uh, has been Andreas Christensen, if anybody. Or um, But they desperately need. I, I wanted to see Anaki Pena uh, be the guy for Barcelona, but they desperately need Ter Stegen back. Oh they yeah. Need him back. Oh yeah, ASAP. yeah, yeah. But, ASAP. Uh, but Barca talk. If they need Lucas Bergval. I don't think he'll be the immediate solution. And no. they need a new midfielder too. Two midfielders. I'd get Bergval and Alex Garcia from Girona. I don't know how much it okay. would take. But yes, it doesn't help Xavi, like we mentioned at the mid well, of uh, this podcast. But Bretton, well, any last shouts? 
Oh. No, no. I think I think you named it. We could talk about Wonder Kids all day. I think that's a whole other podcast and in terms too. of how deep you could go down there. And AFCON, which we'll saw be talking more. Nigeria underperform. But once it gets into the swing of things, we'll we'll be talking about it a whole lot. No, just so much football. I mean, and, hey, and, let's keep it rolling. So 139. And don't and dusted, forget right? to comment down below. What have we missed? What do you want to see in future Please. podcasts? Please. Okay. We want to know. And feel free. Yeah. If you want to do cuts from the podcast, we will not be censoring the people that do. We're stating yeah. that online. So go bold and do just that. Thank you for the best community to be listening another week. And thank you for going bold with us. Another podcast. Take care, people.